This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock bands on Freeza Geese. Each week will feature a rotating schedule of insightful full show recaps, interviews with fellow Umphreaks, members of Team UM, as well as other musicians who have been inspired by and or played with the band. This is your place for all the latest news and happenings within the world of Umphreaks, helping keep you informed on what's been recently released or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah Jaginiak. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd, the final week of In-Depth Umbol 2021 coverage. Hopefully you were able to check out the first four parts of this series, which featured my chats with Patrick Dwyer, Drina Hartman, and Alex Pinto, TJ Bannon, and Kyle Miller. There are links in the show notes where you can catch up on all of those if you miss them. And also in the show notes, you'll find a link for my 2021 Umble Highlights Nugs playlist if you wanted to give that a spin. And if you are a member of the Crooked Conversations video community, videos of these chats are being added soon. My editor, Eric, is working hard on these so shout out to him he's so awesome and it's just just incredible um so he's working on those and those are coming soon so keep your eyes peeled for that and if you're not a member you're definitely going to want to check this out it's the only place that you can see exclusive video of conversations had on DATC pod and more things coming soon. So if that's piqued your interest, there is a link in the show notes where you can check all of that out. And a quick thank you to everyone who has taken the time to participate in this little series. This was a lot of fun to talk to everybody and hear about the weekend and put it all together for you guys to enjoy. So thank you to Patrick and Drina and Alex TJ and Kyle, you guys rock. All right, so this week will feature my final conversation about Umble Weekend with returning guest Josh from Umfreaks Anonymous. We start out with the band choice set, the two song set on night one, and then move over to the night two band choices. And I love that Josh mentions the Maybe Someday as a standout to him. That's one that I put on my highlights list personally. We get into the All Night Wrong set and his thoughts on what they played. And we go through a little bit of what was on his ballot and what they didn't play. Josh elaborates on his thoughts on 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins and mother. And in our conversation, we question about both versions of mother being on the ballot. Um, because I know that a lot of people that shared their ballots after voting um, on social media, like a lot of people had the Danzig version on there. So I was wondering, were both 
uh, versions of Mother on the original ballot. So I asked on Twitter, and thanks to Kyle, who informed me that the original ballot had Metal by Pink Floyd on it. As he says, raising questions, did they mean to bust out Fearless or debut Echoes? Apparently, a corrected ballad had Mother Pink Floyd as an option. So there you go, if you were wondering that as well. And thanks for clearing that up, Kyle. Josh and I continue our conversation with the S2 set. And we talk about his highlights, reggae against the machine, like Who knew we needed that in our lives, right? And, of course, Keyboard Galaxy, what the future holds for it, and the potential slash possibility of it appearing on a future Hall of Fame album. Josh shares how that sparked his memory of the Keyboard in the Round from 2009 at the Aragon. I was looking for more into this um, because I do remember hearing about that happening like after it happened it had sparked like my own memory um I looked on all things Umphreys at 2009 and 2010 and it didn't mention it on there so if you know (laughs) please reach out and let me know because I'm pretty certain it was either one of those years I was at 2008 and it was not 2008 so um I want to say it was 2009 anyway (laughs) we also talk about the acoustic set and that gem divisions let's keep talking about this folks such a good version I think I listen to it at least weekly at least weekly Josh shares what he voted for in that set and his feelings on the lack of raw stewage, which is something that has come up a few times throughout these conversations and so much more. And side note, if you're interested, Josh has been a guest a couple of times here on the show, episode 112 and episode 12. You'll find a link for those in the show notes if you want to give them a listen. And thank you so much to Josh for taking the time to chat about all things Umble. It was so great to catch up with you anyways, but also to relive the epic weekend with you. So thank you so much. Love you, brother. Do you create really rad fan art? Is your band wanting to get into the ears of umfreaks? Maybe your small business provides an awesome service and you'd like some like-minded clients to work with. Are you looking to hire some music-loving folks for your team? Perhaps you've had an idea for an Umphreys-themed podcast or something else that you just know this community would love, but you weren't sure where to start. Dropped Among This Crowd Media Company wants to help. With space available for your Umphreys-related show idea, social media promotion of your band, ad spots across the network, and so much more, Dropped Among This Crowd Media Company can help you be seen, heard, and reach tons of fellow Umphreaks, musicians, and other kind folks. Want to know more or have questions? Shoot an email to sarah at datcmediacompany.com. 
So here is my chat with Josh from um, Freaks Anonymous. Side note, all of those Northeast winter dates they announced today. I'm so hype about all of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is ridiculous. It feels to me like uh, Northeast is getting treated the same sort of way that like the Midwest was getting treated back in the 2010s or the early, the 2009 to 2012 period where you'd be like, oh, three shows in Iowa, really? Okay, cool. Like, you know, um, it's definitely like happening in the Northeast right now, which is not a problem. I'm sure they're selling lots of tickets and you're going to get to see a lot of shows. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, tonight I'm going to get a map like at least of like just that part of the country because I want to see legitimately like I know Detroit is not that far and I've never been to Detroit so oh really like there's definitely like I need to really survey the radius and really be like okay like I'm doing this so that it's gonna be good for me too so I'm ready for it Oh, you make me want to come out to the Northeast. Uh, <laughs> you should come anyways to the Buffalo show. Like, it's a shithole, but. <laughs> yeah. What you were saying, it's not Chris's favorite venue? No, that's what he said to me. So in 2012, it would have been the spring of 2012 when they played at the Fillmore in Denver. I flew out to stay with my really good friend and we went to the show and then I flew back to Buffalo the next day and we had done like a VIP thing. And afterward, it was like a meet and greet and whatever. And <clears throat> I met Chris and I don't know, we're talking about whatever. And then I'm like, oh, well, actually, I'm from Buffalo. And, you know, I've seen you guys a couple of times at my home venue, the town ballroom. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, that place is a shithole. <laughs> And I'm like, you know what, Chris, you're right. It is a shithole, but it's my shithole. So right. <laughs> I'm like, I've seen so many Mo and Umfree shows and there's just so many memories inside that tiny little shithole, which now right. like how many places are going to be like that, especially now. So I'm grateful to be able to like to be able to see Umfrees in that venue again like post COVID, you know what I mean? Like personally for me, that's going to mean a lot to like be able to be back in that room again and it be them. And so I'm excited about that. Like, it's going to be nice to be back there. I'm ballroom. Where's that? Well, and they always throw it down there. Every time they come here, they always throw it down. So I'm here for it. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. I needed that news today. So I'm happy. <laughs> They got to make it multi-night. They should expand to multiple nights in Buffalo. I'm <laughs> here for that. And I know some great hotels and other places they could stay and eat. So <laughs> I'm more than happy to be a personal tour guide. <laughs> There's more to us than just this shithole. I promise. <laughs> Although I like the venue in Niagara Falls better. The Rapids venue. I think They've only played there twice and it's super recently since I was like pregnant with Brendan, but that's a much better venue. What, it's a nicer when, venue. When do you think they played their last? 2015. They played there 2014 and 2015 and then they haven't played again. Is it bigger, smaller? It's, 
I mean, ocularly, like off the top of my head, I would say it's bigger, but like it's a different room. Like it's set up differently. So I don't know, like legit capacity, like the difference, but it's more, it's newer. It's, it's more modern and it's just nicer and it's not in a better neighborhood by any means, but (laughs) it's definitely not in a good neighborhood, but it's a great venue. So I would like to see them play there either way. It's 20 minutes from my house. So that's all I care about. I'm so here for that always. So let's talk about Humble. Certainly. I'm in. All right. So traveling, you were probably super stoked to get to the East Coast and the Capitol Theater and nice. So when was the last time you were at an Humble? Is this your first Humble? My first Humble. Really? Yep. I find that so surprising that you weren't even like at the Vegas ones either. Yeah. Not at the Vegas ones either. Not, I didn't make it out to the West coast ones. I didn't make it. uh, My first shows in New York outside of the city of New York city. Not that it's super far outside of the city, but first time, uh, you know, seeing a show not within the metropolitan area. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, if, it was amazing. Really fun time. Great experience and really great two shows. I, I, I really loved every moment of it. I, they should have had a third night with three more sets. <laughs> like a triple header. Yes, I'm on board. I'm on board for them to do more work. This sounds... <laughs> do more, please. So talk about the band pick sets then. I mean, pick the first night, of course, the two song sets so tell me your thoughts about that pretty amazing the dbk i really loved every single moment of it i wouldn't i wouldn't change a thing about that super expansive awesome amazing dbk Uh, all the adjectives that we can use for sure (laughs) if if there are more i will definitely yes they, they were it was a great time um the resolution for me got a little spacey at the beginning um, I know that a lot of people really enjoyed it. It was just not my thing. Not that that's a problem, but uh, they really brought it back around towards the end of the rezo. Uh, so I, I, I can't say enough good things about it. It was really fun time. It reminded me a lot of the, like the, the one song Ringo from new year's 2019 uh, just sort of had that same sort of vibe where you're like, okay, they're just going to go with this until it burns out here. Um, mm-hmm. So um, it was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I thought, and I keep saying this, I thought that it was just going to be like a 60 minute, you know, DBK and which I would have totally been okay with that too, you know, so So here for it, but I will definitely take all the two song sets. I think their choices for the second night were really great too. Oh yeah. So I think the second night, I mean, we got the best maybe Sunday that I, could ever exist um i was very happy with it super thrilled to see that song getting a lot of uh expansion and improvisational fun time um uh and then the rest of the set well some of it was you know kind of like classic some of it was i mean the search for was kind of a surprise i was surprised to see it there um it it was really fun and it was very cathartic it felt really great to be there amongst people just really throwing down and jumping and 
and, yeah. and feeling really energetic, uh, belting out the lyrics uh, with a bunch of other people. It, it felt really great. So yeah. even like the AIT didn't change very much throughout the time, I, it felt really good. Yeah. I love that. That's like my favorite moment in the show. Whenever, you know, you just get all that energy and you're just looking around and looking at everybody and you're like, oh, this is the best. <laughs> yeah. It makes you really feel like a part of something when, especially after this pan spending so much time during the pandemic, feeling separated from everybody and really having these own sort of solo unique experiences or pod like experiences with small groups of people to be, you know, uh, almost like uh, just a, a part of a wave of energy or a group of energy that's all in just one sort of room like that. Um, I don't know. It, it's a good feeling, despite the fact that it sort of, you know, makes you just part of the crowd. The crowd, that feeling feels good, though, as it runs through, you know. Um, For I don't sure. Know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Well, that's that's why we go and do this. Like, right. that's why exactly what you're describing, you know, and us as humans, we need that. We need that energy exchange and all that juju stuff <laughs> we need all that so and that's and that's why we go there so right. hard to do it through an electronic device it, you, you know, know as great as doing the streams are and as grateful as i am for it you know like it you don't you don't get that same that same energy that you get okay. in the room yep sure. still awesome though <laughs> yeah, definitely. So talk about the all night wrong set then and your opinion on that. Well, I'm quite impressed with the Hall Notes cover. It was awesome and not at all uh, as expected. I, I love that they didn't do it just sort of out the box. It was it, it went places and I really enjoyed that. It, it was a good time. It was not what you would expect from an all night wrong set you know what I'm saying so yeah yeah for sure and I saw your answers I was reading over your responses and it's funny that you mentioned the Smashing Pumpkins cover because when they started playing it I said out loud I was like oh Josh I wonder what he's gonna think of this because I know you've been itching for a Smashing Pumpkins cover so talk a little bit about your thoughts about that well I, I mean I've, I've been looking for them to expand a little bit further from uh, what is it? It's Cherubrock that they normally do. Yeah. Um, so seeing them go to something that was, you know, seeing them do something new for Smashing Pumpkins would be a really great time. Um, but I felt like Chris did not remember the lyrics very well, which was fine. And they didn't seem very into it. Like the band didn't seem super thrilled by it. They, they just kind of were like going through it. And then the song ended. I just didn't feel as impressed. I was much more excited about it than after they were done with it. I was like, that was fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of like the standard version of it. But it's, I kind of feel like that's almost like how you kind of have to cover it. You know, at least the first time, you know, if they bring it back out, they might feel a little more comfortable with, you know, allowing it to whatever. But sure. It's kind of one of those radio songs that you're just like, oh, yeah. All right. That was a great tune. I'm glad I heard that. You know, like that's kind of how you feel, you know. Definitely. It didn't have anything, um, you know, some some of the other things I chose that they did or that I voted for that they didn't choose, like the Prince cover as like the falsetto Bayless, which is definitely what you remember for. It's really great to hear him bust it out or uh, like 
the band they always do great with band covers so i really would have been great with like don't do it i thought would have been really cool um Mm -hmm. but you know the smashing pumpkins cover they didn't really it didn't really like like as you were saying just straight out like a radio cover so yeah yeah i love that you put running on empty on here on your choices yeah that's a great choice i love that I felt like it was a good choice too. A lot of my friends made fun of me for it, but I thought it was a good one. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, let me see. What else do we have on here? Oh, you talked about you were hoping for the other version of Mother. I will admit, I was. I'm still hype about the fact that they did the flight version. Yeah, I, I did. I couldn't hear it super well, or not that I couldn't hear it very well, but I couldn't tell how well Brendan executed. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, so did he do justice? I haven't gone back and listened. I thought it was, I've listened to it a couple times and I thought they did a really wonderful job. I will admit my favorite part. It's funny. Like Jake takes the, the big deep breath before he starts, <laughs> you know, right. it's just like the dramatic deep breath. Like, okay, here we go. We're going to do this, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was great. It was a, a very, uh, very well done cover i mean they always treat floyd very well anyways so it's you know so i'm glad they finally did it will we see it more i don't know but i'm happy about it so definitely i mean beautiful song uh you know and uh they definitely did true to it as far as i could tell i just was i guess a little surprised by it almost as well i I wonder if I almost overlooked it on the voting choice set list because I saw the Danzig one and I was just like, oh, mother, I'm voting for this. And then, well, like, I didn't out. even I'll admit I didn't even look at my ballot because I got my ballot and then I wasn't able to go. And so I was like, you know what? I could vote. And then I mean, because I'm going to watch it and whatever. And I'm like, but then I kind of don't want to vote because, you know, so I didn't even look. But it's interesting that they had both mothers on there. Like, I I didn't see it. So I was like, oh, well, I guess that would mean that they were both on there. That's interesting. I took some pictures of the of the ballot or maybe I wrote it down. Well, we should definitely go back and look because I don't remember. I just remember seeing the Danzig one and being like, yeah, I, I'm down. I'm, I think what if pretty- there's like behind the scenes band conspiracy where they like called their own audible and was like, we're not going to play that version. We're going to throw this one in there and see if anybody notices. <laughs> That'd be cooler than playing the Danzig one if they were like, yeah, um, switch it out. Screw it. Like. Just do that. <laughs> we got to find out because I'm like, wait a minute. That means because I saw people like posting their ballots after and everybody was voting for the other version. And after I've been thinking about this and I'm like, wait a minute. That means that both of them would have had to have been on the ballot. Which is interesting. Right. <laughs> like, OK. I definitely go back here. Let me check my screenshot. Hold on. So I'm like, that's interesting that they would have two of the same on there. Right. It's like I to like- see kind of how people vote, which one they like better or something. I don't know. It's right. I don't think that that could be right, right? Or maybe it's got it's gotta be, is what you're saying. Yeah. Just check my my ballot. It definitely says Mother Danzig. So it must have been on there twice. 
That's interesting. I thought maybe I had fucked up. I was like, oh man, maybe I just wanted the dancing version so bad that I just visualized it. (laughs) (laughs) That's super funny. I took like a screenshot when I submitted my votes. So I guess, I guess they must've had it on there twice. That's interesting. I got to find out more about this now that I think about it. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) That's super funny. (laughs) Definitely send you the screenshot when we're off the Zoom. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I love that. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about um, the S2 set then. Definitely. I didn't read what you said about your contribution so you said you didn't send anything in i didn't i no. sat back enjoyed the absolute miraculous spectacle that i was seeing before me yeah um, it felt like it was going to be like a lot of work to get the phone out and come up with an idea not i mean people came with so many great ideas and people were telling me all these wonderful ideas you know before the set started uh and I just kept being like, oh, man, these pre-thought out ideas are amazing. I don't think that I could come up with anything that would stand a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, the music was so fantastic. So it, it wasn't really a problem anyway. For sure. You're just like, I didn't need to contribute anything. They totally had it handled. So <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. It's kind of nice just to like watch it unfold in front of you. So Definitely. Talk about some of your highlights then. So I I really liked the, um, well, obviously we'll get to the keyboard, uh, what's keyboard galaxy, right? Yeah. That's the, yeah. yeah. We'll get there because that's definitely the highlight. <laughs> that's like me. its own thing. That's like its own discussion. <laughs> Let's talk um, about S2 minus keyboard galaxy. <laughs> exactly. Um, but like the Jane Fonda workout was fun. It was really, uh, you couldn't dance to it. There was never really a point where it got to a groove where like you could move your body in a cohesive fashion. Um, but th- there was a lot of like really fun things. And then also a lot of really musically outstanding things, uh, that were just awesome to witness in general, like, uh, uh, Fun stuff like the reggae against the machine was was really good time. I never knew that I needed a, a reggae version of bomb track. That was bomb sure. track, right? Yeah. Um, and and uh, it, you know, uh, it, it just was the Jane Fonda workout. I don't know if I said that already. Really good time. Really fun. Uh, some things didn't seem like they were on assignment, like the uh, the. Middle Eastern trance got very metally, and I feel like the band was just like, screw it, we're just gonna do what we want, which they're also fine because it sounded great. But it did, you know, you'd be looking at the topic and then you'd be listening to it, and you'd be like, I don't think it fits, but it's still fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here for it. I'm loving yeah, it's, it. It's still awesome. So, whatever. <laughs> um, and then obviously at the end, Keyboard Galaxy is amazing. Uh, Kyle made a really amazing submission there. And uh, seeing everybody up on the keys is always a cool time. It reminded me of that like keyboard in the round thing they did in, I think, 2008 or 2009 New Year's at the Aragon, where they made, I think, keys in a circle. In the 
Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> bird, bird bath, not a bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amazing. I really enjoyed Keyboard Galaxy. It was fantastic. And the S2 is uh, really a once in a lifetime sort of situation. I've not been to a Stu Art before either, uh, like the standalone Stu Art series. So it was, it was really neat. So talk about anything else from the weekend. Let's see the acoustic set, I think is maybe the only other set that we didn't get to. Yeah. I think Uh, that was it. Acoustic set was good. It was cathartic. It was also cathartic. It was one of those, it was a sing along really. Um, Especially that divisions. Like I think that divisions, um, everybody needs to keep talking about it <laughs> so that we don't forget that it was in there and that it happened. Like, <laughs> Definitely. That's a good call. Yeah. I told Colossus I've written my memory and you're right. It was a, in the moment. It was super special for me. It, it yeah. felt very, very nice. Uh, I think that's definitely, definitely a good call that you'll, you should keep bringing it up, bring it up to everybody. It was, it's, it's definitely like, it holds up again, like on re-listen to like listening to it again. You're like, damn, that's a really solid acoustic divisions. And I'm wondering now, like, are there, there can't be very many acoustic versions of songs on hall of fame. So like that would be cool to feature an acoustic version of something on the Hall of Fame. Certainly. I think that'd be neat. I'll have to definitely go back and re-listen. If, if, if you're saying that it's an HOF contender, I will definitely give it a shot. <laughs> it, it's, it's really good. And I, I like it. It's a nice little like hidden gem inside the, the acoustic set that I don't know. I feel like people are even kind of forgetting a little bit too, like that it happened. I'm glad we need that little, like, you got to have that other side of it. You know, it can't just always be in your face, you know, you gotta have the other side of it. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And the, the, the more pretty side of them, the the more beautiful side of them. Exactly. I mean, that's such a big side of them too. And so I'm, I'm glad we got that for sure. Do yeah, you remember was, anything you voted for during that for those? Because that was all like requests too, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Water, uh, water I voted for and that got played. Um yeah, that Uncle Wally Nemo sand like that Nemo sandwich with Uncle Wally in the middle was really nice too. Like that was so awesome. <laughs> it was a really I had a really great time with the Nemo. I, I you know, as much as some it, some of the songs were definitely, you know, the type of thing you would expect. Some of them were just so well done. Like you said, the Wally, the water, really nice. I, I was really happy. For sure. For sure. So is there anything else, any other highlights or any other thoughts from the two nights that you'd like to share? Um, no, I mean, they were really great shows. Uh, without the Ross Stewart set, you know, it, it doesn't, quite compare in the same sort of level to some of the other years uh you know just because of the fact that i feel like ross stewart has become such a reliable way to get new music from Humphreys. so many songs that we are seeing frequently in rotation or that we saw frequently in rotation like breaker and uh stinkos and you know, draconian and uh you know gosh uh make it right um mm-hmm. uh they all seem to come from Ross Stewart. So not having it 
in the mix really uh it took off an element not that there was a problem because these were still two extremely solid shows i liked it better than what i saw at red red rocks i really had a blast um you know some of my favorite shows of the year so far uh but but ross stewage is just i don't i think they're probably sitting on music because they're clearly going to release something and I think that they kind of like some of the surprise element of releasing new music without us hearing all of it first or hearing much of it first. So mm-hmm. I'm bet that is maybe a contribution to the situation, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, and it's, I was going to bring this up and then I forgot. And then you talking about this reminded me. Um, I think anything um, from the weekend that we could possibly see come back would be parts of Keyboard Galaxy. I think that would be like the biggest thing that I would assume we would see either a huge chunk of or parts of or, you know, something working off of that. Like there's just I highly doubt there's just no way they're all over there. And that is what came out of it, that there wasn't, you know, all the wheels churning over there. Sure. Yeah, and with that, with the extremely positive fan response, I mean, everybody's loving it. Everybody's talked so highly about it. Uh, you know, I think you're right. It's hard to imagine that, like, you hear this type of music, you hear yourself making this type of music, and you're like, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> no, you're like, whoa, 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 bring that back here. Let's see what this was. <laughs> exactly. You know, I think you're completely right. It, it's definitely to me the biggest take the best takeaway piece outside of the dbk that like you can be like this is a really solid solid track track here mm-hmm. and this divisions that i need to go back and and, and re-get at which was i remember being awesome so i just need to re-listen yeah definitely <laughs> do that for sure i i need to i'm working on my like um bowl focused like list I like especially like stuff like that like summer camp um, Bowl, just like make one focus list but that one's one that I know will for sure be when I vote for for hall of fame so yeah I'm with you do you think they'll, they'll make the steward available on the hall of fame vote I don't know I think they should like if you look in all things Umphreys, it's just listed as Stuart event yeah like, I don't know. Can we make an exception here? I mean, yeah. may, they make the rules for the Hall of Fame so they can change the rule if they want to. Yeah. And who knows if there's even a rule against it? Maybe maybe nobody's just requested it before. You know. Yeah. Well, maybe we could like start a petition. <laughs> right. I mean, did some of the uh, Redmond tracks that were improvisational tracks from the year that they played Madison make the Hall of Fame? I thought they did. And they they had some sort of strange names and they were like chapters. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 I think you're totally right about that. So I think something like made something somewhere. I don't know. I think they should like keyboard galaxy was really awesome. And I think, you know, I think it would be cool to put it on there. I agree with you hundred percent. We'll ask, we should find out inquiring minds want to know what the rules are. Let's wrap Let's harass Joel and uh, and Kevin better. <laughs> Get some answers out of you. Answer me. <laughs> All right. Well, that's everything that I have. I don't know if you have anything else you want to add about Umbul. 
Capitol Theater is awesome. Uh, Umphreys is awesome. And <laughs> Umphreys are awesome. Uh, so it was a successful event all around. And I, oh, you asked about two nights. I would definitely be down for two nights. Yes, about two nights. nights. Yes, your thoughts about two nights, which I I will tell you, like at the beginning of like doing all this, I was always like humble proper was one night. But then like I forgot that they always would do like something the second night. It's true. And it was like, oh, well, I guess it kind of is. It is the same amount of music then, but it's just like spread out. I yeah. was always under the assumption that it was like, I always forgot about that second show, you know? And it was just like, Umble was the one day. And then the second show, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Those second shows years too. I, I definitely remember some night after Umbles that are like ridiculous, like a N2F release party being redonkulous, stuff like that. I think that's right after Umble or maybe right before. Well, I think it's because they're still, you're coming off that high of, playing that music of doing humble and creating and being in that mindset. So, you know, it actually just kind of makes sense that they would do it into two nights the way that they have now and just continue along that train instead of doing a second show in a standard second show, two sets, keep it going on the humble train and keep that creativity going. So I think two, two nights is better for everybody. I think too. I think so too. Uh, four sets is really rough. I think as you're raging so hard, and if you're going to put your all into either being the band or being a fan, uh, you know, like it's really the way to go. Plus, I often feel like some second night, oftentimes for me, is the best night of any run. Um, yeah. So getting that, getting that second night flavor that hey, I've been here. I already have worked into the venue a little bit. I've already felt the cloud, crowd vibe. I have a good feeling for the weather and how I'm feeling maybe on here for the band or whatever. That's probably what they're thinking. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, you know, I, I'm down for two nights. Let's make it three nights. Yeah, you just, you're already advocating for three nights anyway, so. I'm down. I'm down. We need three extra sets to include now. <laughs> Ross Stewart plus two others. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. there, there, there's got to be some other ideas out there. They're, they're all, they're full of many ideas. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. All the ideas. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this was awesome. Like, I'm yeah. so happy that I got to see your face today. <laughs> yeah. Likewise. Thank you so much for you know for having me on always so that's everything i have for this humble episode thank you again to josh for taking the time i really really appreciate it love you there's a bunch of links in the show notes for a whole bunch of things including where you can listen to the weekend and anything else either josh or i mentioned throughout as well as where you can find the first four conversations in the Umble series. Also in the show notes, you'll find the DATC pod vaults stuffed with a ton of past episodes for you to binge on 
where you can get your subscription to Crooked Conversations. Shop the DATC store and enjoy 10% off store-wide from now until December 15th and so much more. So make sure you check all of that out. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts on Thursday for the final part of the series with my take on the weekend, my thoughts, insights, highlights, random facts, and more. So see you then. Mad love.